Welcome to the Global Wellness HQ family of podcasts. We are your international headquarters for resources and ideas and insight in relation to the nine elements of holistic wellness. Join us as we interview local and international wellness experts and learn how you can implement and improve one element or dimension of wellness at a time. Our experts will share their practical tips on wellness in one of these core areas. Emotional, intellectual, occupational, physical, environmental, financial, spiritual, social, or habitual. We created our family of podcasts as a resource for anyone who is looking to integrate the nine elements of holistic wellness into their daily lives. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, I have Kevin Palmieri with me. Um, Kevin, why don't you tell my viewers a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so first, Jeff, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I am the host, CFO, and founder of Next Level University. We're a global top 100 podcast with 1,500 episodes, probably by the time you hear this. Listeners in 150 plus countries, and we do an episode every single day on holistic self-improvement. So that's how I know Jeff and I are going to get along well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that's uh, holistic is uh, the magic word, I think. So let's talk a little bit about why you started Next Level University podcast. And and I want to hear some of your podcasting tips because oddly, we have a, an audience of podcasters as well. So nice, nice, right on. So I don't know, when I look back to my past, I don't think there was a lot of hope for me necessarily. So I was definitely raised lower middle class raised by my mom and my grandmother, didn't know my dad, didn't meet my dad until I was in my late 20s, decided pretty early I didn't want to go to college because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And then I kind of meandered my way through the workforce. I was a gas station attendant. I cleaned bathroom floors and hospital beds at a hospital, a construction worker, forklift operator, truck driver, all of the things. I was I was testing out life, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And eventually I fell into this very unique opportunity in my early 20s in an industry called weatherization. So we would go into these large state-owned buildings, usually schools, and it was our job to increase the energy efficiency in these buildings. So I quite literally went from making like $15 an hour to the first job I worked at this new company, I was making $50 an hour. So my income three to five X overnight, depending on where I was working, and I, I think I fell into that trap, Jeff, of, oh, yeah, now we're good. That's it. We don't have to really worry about improving anything else in our life. The bank account is going to improve, so that's going to be fine. So I ended up grinding my face off for several years. I made $100,000 at 26 with no college degree, and I fell upon this brand new awareness that for most of my life, I had been living unconsciously. I think unconscious with the thought that if I achieve external success, that will help me create internal fulfillment. Right. And that just wasn't the case. That's not what happened. So after I opened my final pay stub that year and realized I didn't feel any different internally, I had $100,000 that said I made that much money, but I didn't feel like $100,000. I ended up starting a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast because I knew I was living unconsciously. I wanted to live the opposite of unconscious, which was hyperconscious. Fell in love with podcasting. As I'm falling out of love with my job, 
I've already reached the pinnacle of what I'm going to earn there. It took me living on the road for 10 months to do it. I don't want to do it again. I'm not interested. So I start calling out of work. I start leaving the job site early. I start showing up late. And it got to the point where I was sitting on the edge of a bed contemplating suicide because I was so, I was so out of alignment. I was so depressed. I was so anxious. I was so homesick. I just felt stuck. I felt trapped. I felt hopeless. And I ended up leaving that job a few months after that. So in 2018, I went full-time into podcasting. And the, the reason I started the podcast in the first place is because I wanted to impact people. I wanted to help people have a new thought for the day. Because when you change the way you think, you change the way you act, and then you change the way you live. And that really is my passion behind what we do and why we do it as often as we do. I love it. And I think it's just that that commitment to growth and improvement. Um so you started your podcast and and I love that that journey of self-improvement. Um, one of the things I find I, I deal with a lot of veterans and you know suicide prevention is a big thing. And the number one root cause, I mean, obviously there's there's injury, there's PTSD, but usually it centers around um inability to have certainty around their cash flow you know they're not able to earn as much as they were hoping or it's about you know paying paying for medical expenses um, but at the end of the day the big cause i hear over and over is they're disconnected from you know when you're in the military you're part of something bigger and you have a mission and then you go out into the real world and you're suddenly supposed to care about the paycheck yeah and and I think fulfillment and and having that mission, having that purpose, um, we undervalue it. But when when you find it, it's amazing. The world lines up to help you, and and you know, more or less, if it doesn't help, it'll at least get out of the way, right? Well, fulfillment is such an interesting thing because it's almost, I believe, fulfillment comes when you are in the process of growing towards something that you'll never ultimately accomplish. So even if you if you talk about the military, it's almost like you're growing together with people. You feel part uh, feel part of something greater, bigger than yourself, and you're never really ever going to get to the point where you actually accomplish the overall mission. And I think that really is a a good analogy for fulfillment. Fulfillment is the process of chasing the best version of yourself, the best version of your business, the best version of your relationship. But it, it requires growth and contribution. So yeah, I would I would agree, a hundred percent. I think fulfillment is something that people are starting to understand and starting to long for. But happiness versus fulfillment, I think is it's a different conversation than it probably was fifteen years ago. Yeah, I love it. Now let's talk a little bit about your podcast. What what was your big aha? So you went to be full time in two thousand and eighteen. Um, I presume that means you you make the living you want from it. Um, I love that you say that it's about your impact because to me that's my primary cause. You know what what gets me out of bed is, um, you know I'm a role model. I'm helping people. Um, at what point did you decide that podcasting was your future? You know, was it in 2018 or did you plant the seeds earlier? I planted the seed in 2017 when I started. The whole thing started with me saying to one of my friends, imagine if you could do that for a living. 
that was in my mind it was like a pipe dream it, that would be amazing so much in fact when i did so i did episode number seven however long ago and it was called chase your effing dreams that was the probably not the best title now in retrospect but the whole premise of that episode was i want to wake up when i want I want to go to bed when I want. I want to podcast with amazing people, go to the gym when I want, spend time with my loved ones, and I want to be my own boss. And that was a long time ago when I had that thought. So it all, I don't want to say it all aligned the way it was supposed to, because obviously having suicidal ideation is not the ideal way to find your purpose, but that is when it really made sense to me. I didn't have a plan A. I definitely didn't have a plan B. But when I realized that that job had lived out the life that it was going to live, it made sense to say, you know what, now is the time. And at that point, I had a really good friend who we ended up partnering up together. He was super into self-improvement. He wanted to be a speaker. He wanted to be a podcaster. He was already a coach. So it aligned really, really nicely. So I would say when I started, I would have loved to turn this into what I do today. In 2018, I would say I was more aware slash capable of understanding what that might actually look like. I love it. Now, one of the things I, I do a lot, I encourage every entrepreneur to have a podcast because it's a great way to explore and be curious and get to know people. Mm -hmm. um, what's the biggest advice, you know, cause your business is your podcast and your podcast is your business. Um, what advice would you give to somebody starting out today? I would, and I always say this, I say treat your podcast like a business in terms of we have to understand where do people find the podcast and then just as importantly, if not more importantly, where do they go after they listen to the podcast? So your podcast does not grow itself. It just isn't, it doesn't work that way. It's not like YouTube it requires you to do more external things than you might think. So that's always one piece of advice I give. I would say get crystal clear on your target audience and speak directly to them. That would be number two. And then this is a big one that I've seen for, for many people, especially just starting podcasts. Do not expect that your monetization is going to come from ads, sponsorships, or affiliates. You have to use your products, your services, and your opportunities to monetize. It's almost like your podcast is going to be marketing. It is. It's going to be marketing to a degree, but yeah. it's the marketing that will create the opportunity to have conversations based on how you can add value to your audience at a deeper level. I love that. And I think um, I learned that from John Lee Dumas that, you know, if you're hoping for a sponsor, they're going to give you pennies because yes. they need to make money. Whereas if you have your own products or services, um, if you have products or services, you make dollars, not pennies. So it's it's a good way. Um, and I, I like the idea of monetizing. And, and that's, I see my podcast is a relationship builder. It's a networking tool. And I think you, you have a very similar approach to things. Well, we have a lot of, so for us in the beginning, when I started, so when I left my job, I had no idea how we were going to monetize. It was just like, all right, well, I love podcasting. Let's just do that. But then it got to the point where I was $35,000 in credit card debt. I couldn't pay rent. Things got really bad for a while. And then we realized, okay, we talk about self-improvement on the podcast. My social media is about self-improvement. Our Facebook group is about self-improvement. 
do you think anybody would pay us to help them with improving their life? And then that's how we started. So it was that thought, like you just said, I might be, let's just say at the time we were getting, I don't know, we weren't getting a lot of listens. Let's just say we were getting 3,000 downloads a month. That is going to be very, very, very little money. You're not going to make any meaningful amount of money off of sponsorships or ads. But what if I could get three clients that pay me $50 a week? I'm going to pay, I'm going to make $150 a week, 15, 30, 45. That's 600 bucks a month. You're not going to yeah. make 600 bucks a month with a sponsorship. So that's how it started for us. And then it just became, oh, okay, we're just going to do more episodes than anyone else, try to add as much value, if not more value than anyone else. And then just make sure our business is actually set up where there is a place for everybody, no matter their self-improvement set point or financial set point. And that's, that's what has allowed us to maintain and sustain the amount of output we have. I, I love it. And I do want to comment that 1,450 episodes, 1,500, that's no small feat. So uh, I want to applaud you for that. You. Um, let's talk about value for a minute, because I, I feel like value is a word that um, I know what it means. I want to know what. So how do you define value? Because I, I, I'm going to suspect you've got this many episodes under your belt. You've dialed it into the point where you know exactly what your audience values is that a fair guess i would say so yeah and it's been a challenge for sure jeff because our audience is primarily female so that was a whole thing learning that in the beginning i had no idea what was going on <laughs> i would say value can come in in many 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 different buckets if you can make your audience feel seen if you can make your audience feel heard if you can make your audience feel understood supported and give them some sort of breakthrough. I think a, v a value is something that helps facilitate change. So those would be my definitions. And it's sometimes it's just, hey, this is a really good example. I did a podcast recently with someone who was listening to the show. And they said, the second I knew you and I were going to get along is when in one of your podcast episodes, you said, fitness doesn't have to look the same for you as it does for me. You don't have to go to the gym and be a bodybuilder if that's not what fitness means to you. And that person literally said, I felt so seen in that moment, AKA, I felt valued by the content that you produce. So yeah, those are some of the definitions I'd say. I love that. And, and I think that's the key is, and, and I want to talk about how you figured out that your audience was um, predominantly female, because I'm guessing that wasn't your your thought <laughs> from day one. Um, it sounds like that was a pivot. Um, how do you get that feedback from? And and I want my listeners, our viewers, to to take this um, not literally, but think about the intention of it. Um, your listeners, your paying clients, you know, the people who are going to come to you, you listen to them, you got their feedback. Um, how did you do that? And how did you arrive at the realization that um, I think you said your partner was male? So I'm going to guess that there's two of you um, serving a female audience. Um, how did you come to that moment? Yeah, it was uh, definitely not the plan. I'm very grateful it, it turned out the way it did because I've had to grow so much and learn so much as a man. We So here's the thing, and I always like to throw this out there. Social media and the landscape of social media has changed drastically in the last seven years. So things are different than they used to be. But what we would do is 
we would be absolutely disciplined when it came to all of our social media. So if anybody ever reached out and said, hey, I am Jenna, I love your podcast. This is what I learned today. That name would go on a list. And when I say treat your, treat your podcast like a business, we have prospect lists that are thousands of people long, not because we are aiming to sell to these people. It's because these people have identified as listeners of the podcast. So that was really in the beginning. Every time somebody would reach out, we would put their name on a list and say, oh my goodness, Jenna. All right, let me look at Jenna's profile. Interesting. I would say that fits with a demographic and perceived psychographic of all the other people we've connected with. Then we went a step further. Okay, somebody reaches out, we start a conversation, we get to know that person, then I jump on a call with them with no intention of working with them as a client or any of that. I just want to get to know you. Okay, what are you dealing with? What are your successes? What are your struggles right now? Okay, awesome. That goes into another sheet of, okay, what are our listeners dealing with? So really, Jeff, it was it was number one, responding to out, uh, input that we were getting inbound. Number two, it was being very disciplined and strategic with the way we formulated all of our prospect lists and then followed up with people. And then I would say the big one, number three, is we had a lot of opportunities for our audience to self-identify. All that means is this. If you have an email list, if you have a Facebook group, if you have monthly events, if you have weekly live podcasts, if you have a bunch of free offers, people will self-identify and come out and say, oh yeah, I'm going to join this because I heard about it on the podcast. Where if the main point and the main goal of your podcast is to monetize it, you're missing out on all that self-identification. You can't take on a thousand clients, but you can take on a thousand people in a Facebook group. So I would say that the self-identification piece, that's a big piece that a lot of podcasts are missing because in the short term, it seems like a waste of time. In the long term, it creates every opportunity for you to grow the business later on. I love that. And I think that's, you know, if if you're not willing to build the foundation, why would you put the effort in to build the building? Yes. Yes. So so let's talk about your podcast and um I, I'm loving the fact th this is a really good chance for Jeff to nerd out because I personally believe that every business could benefit from having a podcast and I see it as a relationship building tool and I see it as getting to know your, your customers. Mm. Um, I love the, the quick feedback. Like the, there's nothing worse than, you know, I used to deal with a lot of small businesses. They'd come to me once a year and I'd say, how's your doing? And they're like, I don't know. We're waiting for you to tell us. And it's like, you have almost instant feedback and, and your, your feedback hungry is what I'm hearing. Um, so how are you gathering that Intel and, you know, is it through the conversations? Are you doing a lot of polls? Like it sounds like you're dialed in more than any business I've met. Well, one of the, so here's the interesting thing about the layer of coaching your ideal avatar. If you pay me, so we're at the stage now where if you said, I will give you $10 million a year to run ads, we would say, no, I, we will never run an ad. I'm just not interested in the financial upside. It doesn't make any sense Yeah. because the layer is this. If I coach 50 listeners, hypothetically, I am getting all of the cheat codes on what they're dealing with. I'm getting all the cheat codes on what are the issues, what are the 
struggles, what are the strengths, what are the weaknesses, then I can take that feedback, take that knowledge, take those lessons, and then I can test out different content on the podcast. Three ways to be more vulnerable based on the fact that a lot of people are struggling with vulnerability. Then what we do is we go through that data and say, oh, every time we do an episode on vulnerability, it gets 15% more views or listens than the episodes around it. Vulnerability is a buzzword. Every time we do an episode on strategy, that doesn't seem to land. I still want to do an episode on strategy. I just need to find a way to name it differently because strategy is not a word that the audience resonates with. Maybe that even turns them off. Completely understandable because it did turn me off in the beginning. Yeah. So that's really the way it's been is we we are very, very clear on the data. We're always looking at what episodes perform well and why. And then a lot of it comes from the behind the scenes conversations we have with our our clients. And then the third big piece is I would say 85% of our team is from our community. So not only did they listen to the podcast, but many of them listened to the podcast, were coached by me or Alan, went through group coaching, and now they're on the team. So they have been through the experience of what it's like to be a listener. So we get a lot of really good behind the scenes data and feedback from them as well. I love that. And um, I'm just going to say, like, I know you know this works, but I'm I'm thinking back to, you know, the 80s and 90s that people paid massive dollars for like big focus groups and they do surveys. You've literally got your your dream client in house saying, OK, Kevin, listen to this. We need to do more of this. Like, yeah. It's not that you need the ego brush, but, you know, it's brilliant marketing. Literally, you're building your business and adapting it on demand almost. Like you're, you're giving your audience what they want. And, you know, it's it's funny because a lot of businesses are selling, you know, the 10-year-old iPhone and they think, well, nobody's noticed the technology's moved on. Mm. Well, maybe it has. You know, you're, you're getting into that... Um, you know, you're chasing the tech laggards. You're not on the cutting edge anymore. Yeah. Um, now, what were some of the big aha moments that you got from all of this feedback? Because I'm i going to guess there's a few times you're like, oh, that's stupid. And then you start to hear it again and again. And you're like, ooh, ignoring it's <laughs> the stupid part. Is that fair? Well, it's. I think it's when you're in an echo chamber of self-improvement and I've tried to get, I've consciously tried to improve in some way, shape or form every day for the last seven, seven years since I started this journey. And sometimes you lose sight of what the fundamentals were in the beginning that helped you get momentum to where you are today. So oftentimes it's, oh my goodness, that person is in the season of life that I almost completely forgot about. And not that I am so far ahead or I'm perfect or I'm the best. No, no. I need to know that if I truly want to impact as many people as possible. It doesn't matter about me and where I am. I didn't build this business for me. I built this for the community and the people who listen. So a lot of times it's the it's the stuff that was so hard for me in the beginning that we've kind of forgot about. We talk a lot about tracking habits. And right now I track 27 habits a day, but I started with three or five. <laughs> so that's a very important thing for me to remember because if I come in here and say, all right, Jeff, uh, let's start with 30. I think 30 will be good, a good number for you to start tracking. Not a chance. That's not good. Not going to happen. Yeah. Not going to happen. <laughs> but if I come with three and I say, well, one under health, one under wealth, one under love, you're more likely to do it. So 
I think it's really helped in this this fine line. We are not we're not the target audience of the podcast, right? I I wouldn't necessarily listen to our podcast to get to where I'm trying to go. But that doesn't mean the audience isn't going to listen to help them try to get to where they want to go. And that's been a very, very important thing for us to remember for sure. And then I would say the other thing too is there's a lot of podcasts out there and there's a lot of podcasts that are way ahead of ours, but we get really good feedback from the community on what they like about our show versus other shows. Yeah. And that helps us make sure we're honing and honing and honing and honing. So yeah, I would say it's really just remembering what it's like to start the journey. That's been the big thing for us, just remembering through stories, lessons, examples of the people we're talking to that, look, I know you guys are seven years in and you have business stuff going on and there's this, this, this. That's not where everybody is. And truthfully, that's not where everybody wants to be. So it helps yeah. us remember that. Well, and I think, you know, most businesses kind of, you know, evolve as the owner grows up and ages and, and, what that does is it sort of narrows your focus to people who are at that point at yeah. that moment. Whereas I think for you, you're, you're making it easy for people to join the party. You know um, I, I heard it put very well and I wish I could remember the source, um, but basically they said improvement, whatever area you're improving, it's a little bit like a parade. And, you know, some people want to join at the front. Some people are going to join in the middle. Some people straggle along at the end, but you need to have content and and that's a broader appeal, but you're still solving similar problems. You're still offering certain things. Yeah. Um, so let's let's transition. I could talk to you about the podcast piece of your <laughs> business, but I realize it's just a small piece. Um, let's talk about the the actual core. You know, how are you serving people? What problems are you helping them solve? Yeah. So this is where things get can get a little bit complicated because we have so many different business offerings that is have really really helped us get to where we are. I'll speak on two segments. So yeah. if if we're working with our podcast listener, we are focused on helping them be more consistent, helping them build confidence, helping them understand how to level up their self-worth, how to be more vulnerable in their relationships. We're really focused on helping them get more results when it comes to health, wealth, and love. That's very much our brand. That's very much the stuff that we touch on. But we're big on the internal piece. So we could do an episode in three ways to make more money. But three ways to make more money is not super beneficial if you have internal money blocks, if you grew up without money and you don't feel deserving of it. So there's a lot of stuff that goes there. The other big piece and where a lot of my time goes is we actually have a podcast production company based on the success of our podcast where I help other podcasters grow, scale, and monetize their show. And we, have, we produce 50 some odd podcasts now. So that's another big piece where it's not just us serving that audience, the success of the podcast has also allowed us to create opportunity and serve another audience. And that's another beauty of, of the podcast. You never know what can open up for you three, five, 10 years down the line. I love that. And I think that's, you know, I wanted to connect with you and talk about both aspects. Cause I think, 
um, I'm on the the firmly in the trenches saying, you know, we need more people podcasting. Um, I'm also one of those people. I'm a big fan of Dan Sullivan. Um, my favorite book of his is Who Not How. Um, I don't believe I believe that every business should have a podcast. I don't believe that every person can do all the things, you know, right. um, especially when you get into the production and promotion Um those are the areas find somebody you know if it's kevin or somebody else let them do the work because you know i'm really good as a host don't get me started on all the production pieces (laughs) well that's why the the old joke is nobody started a podcast so they could spend hours doing all the post-production we like talking into the mic and we like adding value and impacting and but i do agree i do think if you're out there and you're a small business owner or a business owner or an entrepreneur or somebody who's looking to create momentum, having a podcast is a great way to do it. But full transparency and full disclosure, it most likely will be harder than you think to get the results that you desire. And I think that's why a lot of people might start it and then quit. They say, oh, this is, it's a mechanism, not a moment. It's, it doesn't come with built-in momentum. It's a mechanism for growth, just like YouTube, just like social media. So you just have to make sure you're willing to put in the hard yards. Yeah. And, and I think that's what, what I tell people as well. It's a leverage tool, but yeah. it, you still got to build the machine, you know, it's, <laughs> and, and by the way, once it's built, it's a beautiful thing because it keeps going. But, you know, as you said, it's kind of, you got to get that, critical mass and get it going so um all right well let's talk about the path to um you know you you talk a lot about the um the fulfillment and self-improvement so what are some things people can come to you for help with on the self-improvement side if you want to be more productive if you if you are struggling on getting clarity of what you want or you're struggling on the strategy behind taking a thought, taking a goal, taking a dream, and then reverse engineering the steps to do it. So we're very big on habits, right? That's one of the things for us is we help people be more habitual in the right direction. But we also deal a lot with the emotional side of things, that that inner work. The I struggle with setting boundaries around certain people. I am surrounded by people who don't believe in me and always crap on my dreams. It really is that. It's a it's a very important mix of the internal self-worth and the external self-belief of how do I actually do this? So those are the the most common ones for us are are that. I am someone who I have a, a good job, but I really want to start doing my own thing, but I have no idea how to get from where I am now to where I want to be. I don't know what that strategy looks like. That's usually the biggest audience we serve when it comes to the podcast. Yeah. I, I love that. And I, I think it's just, um, if you don't know who you are inside and you know, that that's a good source of conflict and stress. So, um, my people just get self-improvement. You know, it's, it's one of those um, I like to say, if you're not growing, you're dying because Mm -hmm. that's the way we, you know, if everybody else around us grows by 1%, we're behind 1%. So now let's talk about habits because you have no way of knowing this, Kevin, but habits are one of my favorite topics. (laughs) Um, I am a big, big believer in habits. Um, What's your favorite habit resource for those who are just 
getting into the conversation? What's a good starting point? I would say Atomic Habits is a great book to to read slash listen to. Uh, James Clear does a wonderful job of making a dry, unsexy topic very easy to digest. And that was it's one of my favorite books for sure. So that's a that's a really good one. And this is always this is always a thought I have when I'm talking about habits. If when I say this, you raise your hand and self-identify, this is a an easy area to start. Are you the type of person who says, I struggle with habits? Because if you think you struggle with habits, I think you're underestimating your abilities. You might struggle in building and sustaining the right habits. But humans are habitual creatures. If we go to the drive-thru every day and we get a Danish and a coffee, that is a habit. If yep. we could improve that habit, to Jeff's point, by 1%, then maybe we just stop and get a coffee. And then maybe next time we stop and get a medium coffee instead of a large, and then a small coffee instead of a medium. And if you can do that, you're improving your life way more than you realize. I think when we hear habits, we think we have to start over. When in reality, a lot of it is habit replacement, not habit building. So that's always something I like to throw out there because I think it makes things a little bit easier to digest. And, and I think um, that is my all-time favorite. I've read many other books on habits. And as you said, they tend to be unsexy. They tend to yes. be very scientific. Um, I really liked his habit stacking. Um, th that to me was a, a big, oh, you know, it's just, and, you know, in my business, I have my my five daily habits. These are the things I must do every day. Um, it's amazing how much more productive you can be yeah. when you let improvement be sort of self-run, if if that's a good word for it. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be super complicated, like you said. If if you're a business owner and you only had three habits, you could only do three things every day. Get introduction to new audience. I would say send one message to convert a warm lead to a potential client. And then make sure you're focused on client delivery. If you do those three things, just those three things, then you're going to be better off than a lot of small business owners because you're doing the right thing in the right way at the right time more consistently than most people. And is that going to be the end-all be-all? No, but will it set you ahead? I mean, the fact that you track five habits a day, you do five business tasks a day, Jeff, that's huge. That's massive. And and that was it was just that aha moment because as an entrepreneur, you know, I used to fall victim to the the calendar and you know the vagaries of whatever the universe decided to throw at me. And the aha moment was, why am I not in control? And mm. um, it might sound a little strange, but my other favorite book on habits is um, Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week, mm -hmm. and that's the 80 20 and really that's one of where i formed my five habits is what are the the 80% result with 20% effort and that's where i got really clear on okay these five things no matter what i do drive my business forward everything else is nice to do or busy work you know getting into yeah. um you know the quadrants that stephen covey talks about um but really, truly, if I do my five things, it, it forms the habit. And what I realized was that eight-hour workdays is a habit and not a good one. And and I'm not discrediting all those hardworking people who go work nine to five. But 
the reality is when you're focused on putting in time, you're not looking at what quality is coming in and coming out of that time. Whereas I can do my entire business in an hour or two a day. Yeah. Same, same. Now it's different for me because I'm doing so much other stuff in terms of when I, so if I wake up at five and I go to the gym and I come home and I'm sitting here by seven, let's just say hypothetically, my first meeting is until 11. I have four hours of deep work. I can get all the stuff I need to get track the finances, listens, blah, 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 all that stuff. And then for the rest of the day, I'm just front facing, building opportunity for the next day. And then it just, that's a cycle that never really stops. I mean, I don't do it as much on Sunday, but yeah, to your (laughs) point, you can get a lot done in a, in a short focused period of time. Yeah. And and that's the thing. I have friends who work, you know, they they tell me they have real jobs, which um, we won't even go down that path, but you know, they, they, talk about, well, I got to work and then I stopped and, you know, chatted with a coworker that I went to the water cooler and then I went and got coffee and then, oh, it's time for a muffin. And I'm like, when do you actually work? (laughs) Well, usually from 11 till noon. And I'm like, so you do what I do. It's just, I don't pretend, I don't try to fill my day. You know, if I finish everything um, and you talked about your, your three things, I would add number four is have the habits, the systems and processes to support the three. Mm. And and that's the magic of business. Like it should be boring and repetitive, not, uh, you know, high wire act where you're worried about where does the next dollar come from? Am I going to yeah. make payroll this month? So um, now, Kevin, I could talk to you all day, but I promised you I'd <laughs> let you back to your world. Um, if somebody wants to get to know either side of you, so uh, you have two hats today. One is the the podcast. One is the podcast mentor. Um, where can people go to connect with you and, and learn more about what you do? I would say the if you're looking in, in either of those buckets, the best place would be the website, nextleveluniverse.com. I am happy if you're a podcaster and you're looking for help, I am happy to offer a free call to anybody. Just reach out to me, Kevin at nextleveluniverse.com. I will send you my Calendly link and it's not a sales call or any of that. I just want to add value. So I think that would probably be the best since I'm not really doing as much coaching in terms of self-improvement anymore. So yeah, I would say that. Please reach out. Any questions you have, I'm always an email away. Anything I can do to add value, I'm happy to do it. I love it. Now you're the expert at Kevin, not me. So is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't? I think you did a really good job. And one of the the things you said was business should be boring and simple, I think is what you said. And I usually, that's usually a question is what is the thing that nobody else asks you in terms of the not fun stuff of business? It's like, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that just kind of <laughs> sucks, but this yeah. is what you get to see. And this is not my day all the time. I am doing tasks behind the scenes that I don't want to. So I think you touched on it without asking. I love it. Well, Kevin, I want to thank you on behalf of my viewers and listeners. It was a real pleasure and I'm going to encourage people to reach out and connect with you. So thank Thank you you for being on the show. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for having me.
Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to either click the link below or scan the QR code to register and listen to other episodes of our podcast. Or if you think your business or you would be a great guest to be on our show, we're always looking for experts in one of the nine elements of holistic wellness. We'd love to have you. You can either click the link below or you can scan the QR code and complete our speaker intake form. Thank you and to your wellness.